Welcome to Strangeland, everybody. It is I, Dr. Dark. Just wanted to let everybody know that I do have the Patreon page set up finally. The link is going to be available in all episode show notes, as well as the general podcast page, no matter what service you're listening on. So if you'd like to support the show in that way, just click on the link, sign up, and become a member. Members will get exclusive member-only episodes, and they are going to be more paranormal in nature with tie-ins to conspiracy theories. So again, I want to thank everybody for supporting the show. And with that, let's get this thing going. Welcome to Strangeland, everybody. It is I, Dr. Dark, back from a little hiatus of sickness and then being out of town. But I'm back. And I just want to thank everybody for the support that you've been showing me throughout these last couple of months. Um, I never expected the show to be doing as well as it is. Um, So thank you all. So, like the intro stated, if you'd like to support the show even further, Hit up my Patreon page. It's linked in all the show notes, you know, social media, the works. Get a little bit of exclusive access to some paranormal-ish type of content. Good stuff. Good stuff. So thank you all. So this week I'm going to do something that I used to do on one of my previous podcasts called I'm Dead Inside. And that is I'm going to do some just random musings and rants. Now, this isn't going to be just me flipping out and, you know, going off the rails or anything. And some of this does tie into, you know, conspiracy theories, etc. But it's really just a way for me to get some, you know, get some shit off of my chest, if if you will. So what I'd like to dive into first here is I'd say I don't I don't recall exactly when OpenAI released uh chat <coughs> pardon me released chat GPT to the public. But since then, I think it's been a few months, but since then it feels like the whole AI realm has boomed. I mean, that it is on the precipice of getting into something bordering on dangerous, if not highly concerning. So I like to listen to, you know, other podcasts as well. And Lex Friedman had on two gentlemen recently. The first one was Sam Altman. He is the, I guess you could say, co-founder, CEO of OpenAI. And the other gentleman is a guy by the name of Eliezer Yudkowsky. And yes, I did have to look up his name and how to pronunciate it. Um, and I had to sit through uh, an advertisement just to be able to hear a 10 second clip on how to pronunciate his name properly. But it was well worth it. So Eliezer Yudkowsky. But anyways, I digress. Lex was interviewing them again about the where we're at with AI 
and where they see it going, concerns with it, et cetera. And one of the things that stood out particularly interesting to me is that Sam, being the co-founder, you know, CEO of OpenAI, is tangibly concerned about where it's going, if not where it's already at. Because, you know, the, the general public, we have access to, you know, regular chat GPT, but then they have GPT-4. And GPT-4 is, I guess, the next evolution, you could say, of chat GPT. And if you've not played with it, I highly recommend you, you know, just Google whatever search engine you use, type in OpenAI chat GPT, and you just have to create a really, really simple account nothing major. And you can tinker around with this thing. Now it does take some, it's a small learning curve, I guess I would say, in order to really maximize the, the responses that you get from the AI. But once you kind of get the hang of it, it's horribly impressive what this thing can spit back out at you. I mean, right when it was released, you had countless professors across the country, not just professors, but I'll use them as the example, professors, you know, coming out and expressing their concern that many of their students could and likely will be using chat GPT to write papers for them to, you know, come up with hypotheses on things. And there's really no way of monitoring it, at least that I'm aware of. And again, now you have GPT-4 that its co-creator and founder is expressing concern about to the point that Sam Altman and Elon Musk, and I'm going to go on an Elon Musk rant here in a little bit, but they both have come out publicly and have asked for there to be a moratorium on, I guess you could say, all things AI related. That these things need to be, you know, paused because it's moving ultra fast. And it's getting to the point where experts in the field, are very disconcerted about it. Because if you go back, depending on how old you are, you know, I'm an, I'm an 80s kid. Grew up in, you know, 80s and 90s. Now, back in the day, now my memory sucks, but I do recall some things. And I recall things such as, you know, movies I recall quite a bit. War Games with Matthew Broderick, Terminator, Terminator 2, The Jetsons. That one's not really, I don't really take that one seriously. But back in the day, you know, those two, let's use War Games and Terminator. Those two movies revolved pretty heavily around computers and artificial intelligence. In you know, slightly different ways. War games, it was definitely just an AI that, you know, 
got the U.S. to the point of, you know, possibly launching nukes and starting a global thermonuclear war. Luckily, they played some tic-tac-toe and, you know, stomped that shit out. And then Terminator, what you've heard about for decades, the rise of the machines. Now, in that one, it was a literal, physical machine, robot, android, whatever you want to call it, that were killing machines. And now here we are. Here we are where you can get on YouTube, rumble, whatever, and you can just do a, you know, a brief, simple search for AI, androids, robots, you know, whatever. And the progress that they've made is astounding. It's both super dope and a little disturbing. And that's just what we're being shown. I mean, I'm, I've always been a firm believer that we as the general public here in the United States, actually, I would go as far to say across you know, the entire planet where there are human civilizations, human species, living, breathing, buying, consuming, that we are given a little, you know, sample size of things. You know, like uh, a little travel size. You go into the grocery store and you go to the travel size aisle. That's what we're being given. Kind of stole that from the movie Fight Club, but, you know, whatever. What are we on the brink of? Are we on the brink of something that could ultimately be our downfall? In the form of AGI, artificial general intelligence, is it too late? What what good can come from it? I can think of you know something. I can think of a lot of good things that can come from it. But this is possibly one of the ultimate powers that exists right now. I believe. And what typically happens with, you know, things that are incredibly powerful? Well, corruption. Corruption comes swooping in from governments and entities all across the globe to use it for their own gain. So I mentioned AGI. Artificial general intelligence. And if you're wondering what that is compared to AI, here's the difference, and it's quite a big difference. AGI is basically an AI that has the ability to, you know, understand or learn any type of intellectual task that a human can. While AI is basically it, it can perform tasks really, really well. So the concern is AI transforming or evolving into AGI that's sentient or sentient being. And that's frightening as hell. 
you know, there's this fascinating AGI generated short film that I stumbled upon recently on a Reddit forum called Next Fucking Level. It's about nine minutes in length, and it really does a fantastic job of nailing down and exposing our despicable nature as a species. More specifically, our leaders, the powerful, the elites. I mean, it, it, it's mind-blowing after you sit there for nine minutes and go, that is completely plausible. In fact, if this was to happen, I would bet my life that that's exactly how the world leaders would react. And what I'll do, I'll get it linked to my social media and share it so you, know, so you all can see it. Again, it's astounding. As we move forward and technology is progressing infinitely quicker than it ever has, at least I see it that way, we discuss things such as quantum realms, you know, the ability for an electron to exist in infinite places slash positions all simultaneously with tests such as the double slit experiment. If you don't know what the double slit experiment is, I'm really putting an emphasis on slit, the double slit experiment. If you don't know what that is, Google it again, YouTube, Rumble, whatever. It's a really interesting, it's not even a theory. It's been proven now. There's multiple astrophysicists that have studied this. And this dates back, you know, approximately 100 years. I think it was 1926 when the first experiment was done. And then they replicated it over the years. It's fascinating. But in essence, I think that it proves the, that there is a high probability of alternate realities or parallel realities, universes, glitches in the matrix per se. And the, con the entire concept of quantum mechanics is scientifically proven. I mean, look at CERN as they work with the smallest particles known to man and collide them together, doing all sorts of shit, sending us off into a different reality where the fruit of the loom logo looks different than what we remember. There's a multitude of people who believe in quantum jumping by way of meditation, especially to different vibrations or you know, sound waves dialing in sounds to different frequencies. Could this be an explanation for why we experience paranormal activities where the veil is momentarily being lifted between realities and timelines? We're sitting at a point in time where if we're being honest with ourselves, anything should be reasonably possible. Anything. As I said at the beginning, Nothing really surprises me anymore. Nothing. And I'm hard-pressed to think of anything that would surprise me going forward. I may be taken aback a little bit 
Like, whoa, yeah, I really didn't expect that to happen. But am I surprised by it? Hell no. Aliens, ghosts, time travel, etc. I mean, go, go back to what I was just saying about the veil being lifted momentarily between realities and timelines, about, you know, there being an explanation for why we experience paranormal activities. There's that theory of time being a flat circle, much like a vinyl record. And the grooves on the record signify different realities slash timelines slash universes. And periodically, at any given moment, the needle could float to the next groove. You know, the record skips. And we get to see through that veil. Our spirits and entities, ghosts, just in a different realm or a different timeline than we are. And they are equally as frightened of us. Could explain some of the aggressive nature of some of these spirits that many people encounter. I know there's a lot of bogus, you know, bullshit stuff out there. Zach Baggins. (coughs) Cough, cough. But there's a lot of straight up legit stuff. I mean, we are not alone here. And much of this information has been suppressed for decades, if not millennia. Moving on. Elon Musk. I have been so conflicted about this guy for many, many years now. Initially, I thought he was just kind of an eccentric, weird dude who had an electric car company. Then I became more intrigued by the guy that, you know, his whole goal is to better the planet, better us as human beings. That Look, he's trying to, you know, usher in an era of, of electric vehicles. Not really having paid attention too closely that numerous other auto manufacturers have been working on the same technology for a very long time. And that Elon Musk himself, he wasn't the founder of Tesla. He just kind of bought himself into the company. SpaceX. Cool shit. Actually, there's not a lot about SpaceX that I'm going to shit on. But his boring tunnel is nonsense. I don't think he truly believed that he was going to be able to complete such a thing. I think he's a brilliant self-marketer. Brilliant. And then he buys Twitter. All of the conservatives in the country like, woo! Elon Musk going to stick it to the libs. Stick it to woke culture. Freedom of speech. Woo! He's just as bad as they were previously. He censors the shit out of Twitter. In fact, it's worse now than it ever was. It's worse. The algorithm sucks. You have to, if you want a blue check mark, you have to pay a monthly fee for it. And only then do your tweets supposedly get boosted to the, you know, to the forefront of people's feeds, whether you follow them or not. And you don't have a character limit with your eight, nine dollar a month bullshit. I know, I know, I know. First world problems. Twitter. 
But the guy increasingly is so full of shit. He preaches and has this mantra of, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Damn the man. Screw the lefties. Gets all the, you know, the conservatives, the Republicans all hype. Well, as hype as they can be. And then again, he turns around and does the same shit. Hell, he released, he brought in Matt Taibbi, the journalist. He brings them in specifically to expose, you know, the Twitter files, to expose how, you know, corrupt Twitter was in the past, working with the government to suppress information. And then Matt Taibbi, who I think was kind of the lead journalist on this, you know, he, he's knee deep in this shit showing how corrupt, you know, the, the left was in getting information suppressed or just flat out removed from Twitter during the election cycle while really failing to push with the same veracity that Trump and the right did the exact same thing. And now Elon's all pissed off at him. His banned, I'm sorry, he hasn't banned Matt Taibbi. He's blocked him. They're in a little tit for tat quarrel because Matt wanted, you know, something to do with his Substack page and promoting it on Twitter. And Elon doesn't want that being promoted. So he has now gotten to the point where he disallows you to link your Substack on Twitter. People were searching Matt Taibbi's name on Twitter the other day. And I, from what I saw, it was bringing up a picture of a chicken, a dead chicken or a rubber chicken. And saying that, you know, Matt Taibbi couldn't be found. Elon's a schmuck. He is the ultimate troll who gets bent out of shape when he's fired upon. Starts whining and crying and blocking people. F all of these billionaires. F them. And not to get too political here. I know it may seem like that. I'm, I'm eternally perplexed by how certain people think. I respect and want everybody to be able to have their own, obviously have their own thoughts and their own beliefs and whatnot. Good for you. You want to believe in the imaginary thing in the sky? You want to go to church every Sunday and, you know, worship an imaginary being with no proof? Good on you. Whatever. I don't, I don't care. The problem lies in that many of those people are the first to admonish and judge and shit on anyone who doesn't agree with them, anyone who's different, anyone who has a different lifestyle, 
the LGBTQ community. The work of the devil! All while they praise an imaginary being. It's just, it's unbelievably sad. Look what's going on in Tennessee. I'm going to get super serious here. The mass shootings in this country are deplorable. One mass shooting is sickening. You realize that yesterday, April 10th, was the 100th day of 2023. And as of yesterday, April 10th, this country, the U.S., has had 132 mass shootings. More than one per day. But, but, but my freedoms. Second Amendment rights. Government's trying to take, take my freedoms. Bitch, shut up. I don't give a shit about you having your Glock or your whatever. Go to the shooting range and be like, I'm going to defend myself. Okay, sure, whatever. The problem I have is that so many of those folks who I'm sure, I know know it may sound like I'm making fun of you, but I'm sure a lot of you are really good people at heart. And I'm sure if you could sit down with anti-gun people, you could actually probably find some common ground. But we are at odds with each other. And our politicians and our media, they want to keep it that way. But again, I don't, I, I don't want to take your guns. But what you're doing isn't working. In fact, it's not even what you're doing. The vast majority of gun nuts, conservatives, Republicans, whatever you want to call you, you never present a viable solution other than let's put more guns into a school. Let's put, let's arm the teachers. That'll do it. What stops a bad guy with a gun? A good guy with a gun. Yet nobody ever hypothesizes. You know what stops a good guy with a gun? A bad guy with a gun? Maybe. Hmm? You just assume that the good guy with a gun is going to take out the bad guy with a gun, and you never think that, oh, well, maybe the bad guy with a gun is going to take out your good guy with a gun and then go forward and kill more innocent fucking children. Never think about that. Just automatically assume. Put more guns in there. That'll do it. Sick of this shit. So sick of it. Sick of parents having to have conversations with their, you know, five, six, seven, eight-year-old kids, teenagers, about what you did at school. Did you do your active shooter training today, Johnny? God damn. 
Again, not a viable solution. A horribly, poorly thought out solution. Let's put it in the hands of God. God will lead the way. No, we need reform. That's what we need. We need reform. Period. Point blank. But I hate to sound defeatist. We're never going to get there. Look at this shit in Tennessee. The state legislature there. So the most recent, like, it may not even be the most recent, you know, mass shooting, but the most recent, like, high-profile mass shooting with the transgender individual who went in and shot up a school, killed multiple kids, like six years old, multiple teachers, custodian. Now the right wants to be like, you mentally unstable trans people. Now they're all about mental health, even though it's not even a mental health thing. And then, again, let me back up, the state legislature. There were, give it up to Gen Z. Gen Z, y'all are my heroes of the moment. Gen Z is turning out. And Gen Z turned out down in Tennessee. Gen Z went to the state capitol where the state legislature's at, where they were holding their whatever, and they were protesting. Protesting, you know, regarding the gun violence. Like, what are you guys going to do? You've done nothing. It's all just chirping. You've done nothing. And they, when I say they turned out, they turned out. And so what happened is there were three Democratic elected officials, representatives down there, Justin Pearson, Justin Jones, and Gloria Johnson. They decided to join in with the protesters. Again, elected officials who obviously very much have a, you know, something needs to be done about the Second Amendment, about these gun deaths mantra. They joined in with the protests. And these protests, before anybody jumps the gun and is like, no pun intended, jumps the gun and is like, oh, well, these, you know, what about January 6th? Y'all called them insurrectionists. What about these people down in Tennessee? Not the same. And if you're too dumb to realize that, go listen to some other show. I don't care. Do not care. Not even remotely close to being the same. They were truly there peacefully. They weren't beating cops with flagpoles. They didn't put up gallows wanting to hang an elected official. They didn't break any windows. They didn't destroy the place. No, they were just there. There's a lot of them. They're loud. They're just there protesting. And those three Democrat representatives got up there, protested as well. And what happened next? The rest of the Tennessee legislature, the Republicans there, they decided, we're going to kick you out. Screw you. We're going to expel you. Never mind that you were elected. You're gone. 
Oh, but wait, wait. Did I mention that Justin Pearson and Justin Jones were the only ones of the three who were kicked out? Also, they just so happen to be black, and Gloria Johnson just so happens to be white. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. But the rest of these Republican representatives within the Tennessee state legislature kicked them out. Didn't like what they were doing. Unbelievable. But you know, karma, whether you believe in karma or not, you know, whatever. But guess what happened? The Republicans weren't so fucking smart. They didn't realize that the districts were then allowed to essentially nominate and put in place replacements. Except they didn't replace them. They just they put them back in. And good for them. It's, it's, it's so sad and sickening and pathetic that they even had to go through that. But you listen to their speeches. You listen to their speeches that they gave on the floor of the state capitol after they were being told that you're, you're gone. Their speeches were dynamic. I'm glad that, I'm glad that they, uh, I'm glad the law down there allowed them to, you know, only be expelled briefly. And now they have their seats back. Sometimes you just kind of feel defeated. Not, not necessarily on a personal level. I mean, I don't feel defeated on a personal level. I just feel defeated as a human. Anyways, that's it for this week, folks. Again, those, these are my, this was my musings and my rants. I hope you took something from it. If you didn't, if you hated it, let me know. But I am periodically going to have these types of episodes. They will not be the norm. They will be sprinkled in here and there, though. Just so that I can get it out. Makes me feel better. So, I want to thank you all again. Check out my Patreon. Until next time, stay strange.